Hey, welcome to NSF. Just a quick message from the team before you dive into today's pod. Um, We don't often plug ourselves on the pod and we rarely ask much of you, the listener, but if you're listening now, have a think about leaving us a review or rating the pod on whatever platform you're listening. Whether it's Apple, Spotify, or wherever else you get hold of the pod, there's probably a little button somewhere that allows you to leave a review or a rating. These reviews and ratings help the pod get noticed by more people and it helps us to grow our audience. Or you can also get around it on social media and share stuff you see on the page. So if you've got a spare sec, think about doing that. We're super grateful to our loyal listeners. We thank you heaps for your support so far. Let's keep it going. Go Reds! Welcome to a Night Shift Football Podcast Red Edition. Absolute fucking scenes and chaos on the weekend. Adelaide travelled to Perth and we had... Uh, well, we we had the lead and we lost it, and then we kind of had it and we lost it, and then we kind of salvaged a point, but it made it feel like a good win, but it wasn't a good win because it was a draw and just I don't know what a mess, what a mess, and now we find ourselves needing a win this weekend. Central Coast to wrap up second spot. Cooper's here. G'day. How you going, Sammy? Tommy's here. G'day. What's up? Nice. Let's see if Cooper joins in on this, even though it's not Premier League chat, but um. Where should we start with uh, this absolute mess of a football game? Well, Cooper can start, seeing it's your time to shine. You've been called out, Ben. He's been called out. Been called out. No, mess is a fantastic way to describe it. Um, Disappointing, extremely disappointing, um, especially that last 10 minutes. Yes, I threw a phone... Mm. and I wanted to put my foot through a TV. I just, you can't concede four goals all the time. Like, you can't concede four goals like that so easily. You can't be, you can't turn the game around and get yourselves 3-2 up and then concede two in stoppage time in that manner. Um, And just especially the, the tag out goal where, uh, I know it's three all then, but why are we so open at the back at that point? Like, I don't know. I got a lot of questions. Yeah, we, you know, at, there was different points of this game where I had it on mute, where I was telling people that we're pretenders. <laughs> I was just absolutely lamenting the fact that we are defensively so poor, we so are. poor. And it doesn't. It doesn't matter what combination we throw out. It's just bad. It's always bad. Yeah. Um. It looks to be that the what is it the well it was Popovich and Wallen this week. So it was. This is one that we won. Is it? We're still not What's getting the one the cons- I won. We, at this point. I don't really give a shit who the two are. I want consistency, and we're not. We're still not getting it. We're still chopping and changing defenders each week. Um. It's not. That can't provide a successful backline, can it? You know, you know the one we haven't seen yet is Bar and Ansel, and maybe that's the one that we're longing for. Oh, well, I don't think we're ever going to see Ansel. So he was on the bench. Yep, just threatening, threatening a start. Yep, I don't know what. Yeah, I want him out there, but for whatever reason, he's never getting the look. You know, not to say Popper was like gross in this game. Um, I think you can attribute the first goal to him, unfortunately. Uh, he just doesn't read the play well enough. He doesn't step up in time to to catch Williams offside. It looked offside in real time, and then you look at the replay and you laugh, for fuck's sake. 
but that's a that's a very simple thing you can fix. Um, but Robbie Cornthwaite thought it was wise to tweet that, uh, like retweet an old one of his from a few years ago, say, oh, a couple of years ago, that Popper wasn't his um, his body positioning in reading the game wasn't equipped and well enough. And he thought that was a good time to share that just to get some brownie points. Yeah, it's a dumb move. Isn't it? He even yeah. got Scott Jamison biting. Jamo's just telling him, yeah, that he'll get better. And like if Jamison's being the point of reason in your comment right, right now, you've not Kid, done well. Kid's still 20. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I thought he had a decent game this one overall. Yeah, I'm I'm very much on the page now of if everything is to go perfectly for the rest of this season, there is four games left in it. Pick two centre backs and just fucking stick with them. You yeah. don't you don't what do you want to see a grand final without consistency. This isn't under fifteens where we're going, oh, but we've got four half decent centre backs. We'll rotate them. Just pick fucking two. Yeah, who I do you could not see? give a fuck who they are. <laughs> I, from the start of the season, the pair that I wanted was Popovich and Ansel. If Carl doesn't think that Popovich is up to this final series, then put Lockie Barr next to Nick Ansel and be done with it. Mm-hmm. I'm almost in favour of that. I think that's where I want to see us as well. Nothing, no slight on Ben Wallen, but you want to win four games? I think that's the way to win four games. We're just Ooh. dying. Well, we, all know it's, we all know it's not going to be Ansel now, don't we? We're, yeah, it's not I, gonna it's not gonna I, be Ansel. So who who are you putting with Warland? I think I'm putting Lockie Barr with Warland for a final series. I think the Popovich boat okay. was there six months ago, maybe even three months ago. If you've let it sail this long, now's not the time. I'm leaning towards Barr for final series, but I still um, you know, when the season comes around next year, I'd still rather be putting minutes into Popovich than Barr. I just think at this point of the year. Um, given how the season's gone so far, I think you could. Bar probably has the edge on him, but Popovich certainly has a higher ceiling. Um, yeah, I I think I agree with you, Wallen and Bar for me. I'm with you. I'm with you completely with Popper, like from the start of next season. But it's like you know what you just brought up, Tom. With you know Robbie's going on about his body position is not great, and like like Jamie's saying, he'll get better, but he's not going to get better playing one game and then having four weeks to think about it, That's and then it. playing yeah. one game and having three weeks to think about it. Just like if you're going to commit to this kid as your future, put him in the team and leave him there. No, nah, you know what we need from him right now? Put him back into the MPL, win the MPL with Adelaide United with this fucking stacked, star-studded young youth team, and that. I think will be the springboard for him to go on and have a really good season next season. I still, um, it's kind of holding on to the past a bit, but I still would have loved the idea of holding on to Yako for another year to have him next to next to Popper or whatever. How's um, he going in the NPL? Do you know? Have you uh, kept... I don't have a clue. No wonder. Because well, he no. signed for Olympic or something, didn't he? Yeah, he's with Olympic. This is the yeah. this is the Nick Ansel card though. Like when we didn't, yeah. Re-sign, well, that was going to be my next point. When we didn't re-sign Yako, but we re-signed Nick Ansel. Was you know maybe the boats in Nick Ansel's in better shape and will probably better be better out there. But is he the experienced guy we're keeping around to nurture Popovich? But doesn't seem that way. It does. It it does not seem like Alexander Popovich is going to get any sort of veteran care while Carl Veer is inside in charge of this side. No, I mean, unless you're calling Ben Wallen the experienced A-League defender now, um, which he's, well, he, he's he has, barely that, but yeah. He's lived in Sydney. I guess that makes him experienced in the eyes of the APL. 
Yeah. Um, I think I want to met. I don't know if we're going to go through each goal individually or whatever. We don't really need to. Uh, everyone listening to this will have seen the highlights and seen the game. A lot of talk being made about the fourth goal we conceded um, about because Popper, obviously, the centre of attention there because he's dropping off his way. Um, Taggart's running at him and he keeps backing off. I think if Popper takes one kind of slight movement towards Taggart, he slips in the next guy who probably is then one-on-one. Um, Taggart just... He, he he hit a sweet shot. He's got it past a Socceroos keeper in Joe Gauci. Um, Taggart is a quality striker who can finish those, but how often is he going to score from there with that sort of chance? Uh, he's just mm. he's just nailed it. Um, I think Popper ha- made the right call there, dropping off. It was like Ooh. five on three or something. I don't know. I think in that position, given that the most lethal person is the one on the ball, maybe, I don't want to flame him, but maybe that you should be stepping up into that area and making sure you can't get the shot off. I'm going to go... Concede the one-on-one? I'm going to go hard agree with Sammy and wild disagree with Tom here. And I did it talking to a bunch of people the other day and it is pure scapegoat on Alexander Popovich's back where if he steps up to tag it and he slips someone in and they score a one-on-one or get, then gets played across the face to a tap-in. It's, oh, why is Popper Why is Popper stepped up? You let the guy shoot from 30 yards every day of the week. If he scores from there, if he beats the keeper from there, then so be it. Let him beat the keeper. Well done. And that's what you say. You let the guy shoot from 30 yards. Popper, he dropped off. Anyone in a sane mind in Adam Taggart's situation would have kept coming closer to goal there. He has ripped a shot from 30 yards with power into the bottom corner. Sometimes you just have to stop looking for excuses and just go, you know what, all right, hands down, his, he beat us. He was, just well, too, he was just too good in that moment. The the issue the issue stems from prior to that where we have a defensive setup where Yavi Lopez is playing centrally on the striker and you've got both Wallen and Popper playing off of that situation. And it just, to me, it makes absolutely no sense. Why would you not have your center back on, you know, his direct man. And in that heading situation where Yavi gets beaten and then turned and can't chase and run, that's what puts Popovich in that position. We have to try and decide, do I press Tagger or do I cover the man that Yavi Lopez can't track back and, and get in behind and, you know, make sure he doesn't score. It just came, to me, even there, it just came from a situation where after we conceded the third and and they were level, we looked like, you know, for the three minutes in between the goal, we looked like we were playing like our season depended on winning that game. Mm. When in a reality, it was probably more important that we didn't lose that game than we won that game because the one point still leaves it in our hand going in going into this week and we were just I don't I don't know and I don't want to we don't do the the shit on Craig Goodwin thing here or the the shit on club legend Isaias thing here but we it just felt like it needed someone to just you know balls out of play turn around and just tell everyone to calm the fuck down for a second like the goal they conceded we conceded sorry for the equalizer was shambolic how it went past about six people that probably could have cleared mm-hmm. that ball before it just dropped. And the most dogger looking motherfucker I've ever seen on a football pitch, tap the ball into the goal. <laughs> but I just, 
he come off the bench like five minutes before and I looked at him and just thought, oh, fuck, here we go. <laughs> like, it's that Sunday league looking striker that comes on and you're like, you just know this cockhead is going to score a goal and it's not going to be fun. But it, it, it was, looked like he does community service from Monday to Friday. It, it was just a moment where there is so much experience in this team from Harvey to Iza to to Goody, who's played in World Cups. There's so much experience and someone just needed to to just calm things down. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter if you put the ball out for a throw-in, but you put it into row Z so it gives yourself 10 seconds to just relax for a second. But we were just all over the place. It was like season depended on finding a goal. It felt that way. That was going to be my next point off the back of that Tugart goal is why we're in a position where we're so vulnerable like that at three all anyway, especially when, you know, they, it's not like, we, we did have the momentum for a big period of time there in that second half where we were searching for a goal to go three to up. And we really went, Ryan Kiddo scored it and we, de- we deserved that. We deserved to go three to up. But then once they scored in the 93rd to equalize, it's like, okay, we, let's reassess this. Um, if we get out of here with a draw now, that's probably, you know, not the worst, but yeah, uh, to, to be so vulnerable and open, like you said, it looked like we were trying to win the game. Um, Obviously, we want to try and win the game, but it was like it wasn't. We weren't doing it very smartly. Yeah, there's no game management, is what that is, and there's no like Cooper was alluding to. There's no person on the pitch that is stamping their authority and saying, "Okay, this is actually what we need to do. Everyone needs to band together and do this right now." And you know that comes from the chopping and changing in the back line. It comes from the gassed geriatrics that play in our midfield and our fullback. As much as we love them. Sometimes they can get caught in these positions where their decision-making is not spot on. And that's fine. Like I can forgive that, but that doesn't get us out of a bind like this in this situation. I think Carl Subs would just, other than Iron Kunda, who, you know, maybe it's a good time to bring up Iron Kunda now because he's, he's just a fucking unbelievable athlete. But mm. the other ones that he brings on in, you know, George Blackwood, who we love George. But the game just it did not shout out at all for looping crosses into the box. That wasn't how we were scoring goals, and that's not how we were beating Perth Glory in the game. Johnny Yull, which is now the proper pronunciation per the commentators in this game, it's Johnny Yull. Here he was brilliant. Luki Ivanovic, brilliant again. I, these two, when they play together, are great. Um, and so why maybe they can't have the minutes in their legs, but why you would try and break up? that kind of combination and bring on George Blackwood. He doesn't, he doesn't offer anything in that realm. I, those I, think, it's, I think it's just uh, the George Blackwood knack of finding a goal off the bench. Yeah, but he had, two, there. he had two decent opportunities. One, the keeper does well to tip it out, but there's another one where, he you know, did. A re- that's, this is after he got subbed on though, you know, yeah, I understand. No, the sub- he, he I was, kind of understand the substitution. Mm. No, I'm saying he got himself into good positions but couldn't finish is what I'm getting at. Yeah. And that, you know, there was an opportunity there for us to put the game beyond doubt. And it, it just, it felt like such a regressive step to bring that kind of player on in that situation. Yeah, I think the um, the last one for me, the third one is Madania coming on for Haller and it's a real, that was a real, just throw, throw some shit at the wall and hope yeah. something happens here. That's that's not a uh, an attack on Madania at all, but uh, I think from the games we've seen him play, you know, there's still a long way to go with that player. Um, 
And I I want to steer clear. Do I want to steer clear of the Halloween hate this week? I kind of need mm, to say something. Can I, because... can I... Go on, Cooper. Can I just... I'm on side with the Halloran hate here. He, he didn't have a good day, but aside from the Benny hate, why is he not coming off at 60 minutes for Bernardo? Why have we still not seen Bernardo, who's been in the squad for three weeks now? Like, yeah, is he what... is he not the preferred substitution on the right wing than Panash Madania? Like, what has Panash done in attacking scenarios in the A-League at any point in this season to feel like he's the answer? Or even Allegic. You've got Allegic sitting there as well. Like, um, yeah, it was a strange one. That's what I mean. A real just throwing shit at the wall, hoping something sticks there. Well, the Bernardo, the Bernardo thing worries me a bit. Yeah, I'd love to see more Bernardo as well, but you can't bring Bernardo and Aaron Condorot at the same time, can you? Well, probably not, but I would have probably gone for Ethan Allegic and Blackwood goes up top or whatever and Ethan sits in behind where Johnny was playing, wasn't he? Johnny mm. Yule, yeah. Yeah, so, well, that's... Yull. But... Yell, sorry. It's a Yell podcast now. But that's where Benny went, wasn't it? He went in behind the striker and... Oh, no, yeah, Aaron Conner went in behind the striker. Ethan could have done that. Or... Yeah. Yeah, Ethan I could definitely do that. My my criticism this week, it's turning into a weekly thing with Halloran, um, mm. was, and this is something that's been building for a while, is when he's on the pitch at the same time as Aaron Kunda, the way he treats Aaron Kunda and the way he kind of, every time Aaron Kunda does something that doesn't come off, the way he looks at him with like despise or shakes his head or waves his arms about is kind of fucking gross because like hold on man like this guy's going to take your spot soon because he's taken the piss and you are giving us nothing you're providing nothing to this team at the moment so just just fucking curb it and then Nesta pops up and scores again because he's just an unreal athlete and I'm just loving watching this kid but I don't get why Halloran is so narky with him all the fucking time. Where does that come from? It's, it's got to be self-preservation, right? Is it? It's yeah, real. it's a fearful self-preservation tactic or like, yeah. It's real the future is now old man vibes in, yeah. in this scenario. It's these days. This this 17-year-old child is going to end Ben Halloran's fucking career at Adelaide United at least, and I think he knows it. And I just... You know, he's still, Benny is still starting every week. It doesn't, and we've seen, it does not matter what Nestor Aaron Kunda does, Calvier is not going to start him. He's never going to start him. So why doesn't Ben Halloran worry more about being effective for the 65 to 70 minutes that he's going to be on the pitch every single week and add something to this team and and then just be happy for this kid that's able to come on and, and give something else? It just, no, I'm with you. It doesn't seem very team environment and just uh, I'm, not, I'm not about it i'll put it to you now final series uh let's say say we win this week mm-hmm. actually it doesn't matter say we no matter where we finish final series comes in are you making that change or are you still starting halloran nah you still start halloran you still start halloran don't you yeah yeah i agree on the basis that if we start nestory and we're not you know, when we're not winning a game 60 minutes in, I'm going to be really concerned about who we bring off the bench to change the game. And I think we're 
you know, we asked for a long time why we were relying on this 17-year-old kid to come off the bench and win us games. But we're now in a position where this 17-year-old kid does come off the bench and win us games. So it, it reminds me of, this is a gross comparison, but Pablo Sanchez being that guy that just like, there was games where he had to start and he wasn't on the bench and I just felt like we just didn't have an option. It was like, we're not winning this game and there's absolutely yeah. no belief in me that anything to come off that bench yeah. can, can give us that. If, that's uh, gross. That sounds about right. If if Nesta starts and, you know, what for whatever happens is not working and we have to bring Halloran on late, I'm not getting that buzz of excitement and I'm not thinking, oh, great, we're going to score now because... His return since coming back has been deplorable. We've done, I guess, we've done this to death every week, the Halloran thing, but it just, it really ticked me off on the weekend, the way he was, like, just showing disgust with Nestor. And um, this is the kid that keeps pulling, bailing us out. Yeah. One and for, of the- for us to score four goals and for him not to be involved in really any of it, I mean, yeah. that's just, it's remarkable. Yeah, for sure. One of the things with with Nestory, and and I wonder if it's you know sometimes we don't give enough tactical credit to Carl, um, in situations like this too. One thing I've noticed with Nestor is is when he's come off the bench, and there has been you know two or three occasions that he hasn't been effective off the bench, and and that is what it is. But I feel like him coming off the bench mentally fucks other teams in this league. Oh yeah, there is just it's amazing the fear that you can see just like when Nestor. His number comes up on the board on the sideline, just the the fear in other teams and how instantly a fullback is sitting deeper than the rest of the line. I reckon there is probably goals we've scored this season on Craig's side of the pitch where he's been onside in scenarios that he wouldn't have been with Halloran on the park because left fullbacks are just sitting so deep in a defensive line because they're so terrified mm. of Nesta getting in behind them. Well, did you see Zadkovic within seven minutes of Aaron Conda coming on subbed both of his fullbacks? He brought two completely new players on to deal with the threat. And that that is that's testament to this young man's ability. How good is do we want to how how good is that fourth goal? Oh it's, it, that's that's the least impressive goal he scored, isn't it? And it's still great. Yeah, that wasn't a slight at all. I mean, he overtook Motore's record now of being like the highest scoring under 18 player in the A-League's history. Yeah. And for that kind of goal in that situation, in a game where we we were messaging throughout and he was he was doing things, like he was beating players two, three times in the box, sitting them on their ass, and it just wasn't quite working out for him. So to get, you know, that beautiful cut back goal across the keeper, across the defender, outstretched leg, in that moment... He, yeah, he's a freak. He could be anything. It's, and he just, the best thing is he just, he generally puts a smile on everyone's faces when he gets on the field. It is such a, like, that is such a skillful finish to be, not only beat a keeper from that angle. If you think Cameron Cook, the save he's just made where a cross has come across and he's got a fingertip to it and it's taken the ball away from George Blackwood, this is the same spot, the same position. Mm. And it is such a powerful finish on that angle across a keeper to beat the keeper but still find that far corner. It reminds me of there was one you brought it up, Sammy, a few weeks back. He'd already scored in this game and he got through again late and he hit the post and Simon Hill made a comment that he just had absolutely no right to even go close to scoring yeah. from there. And this is just the same thing again. When he beats that defender, 
initially I thought it was a cross, but it's you know, you watch it back again and again and again, and it's not. He just has absolutely no fucking right to be the keeper from there, and he just does it time and time again. Yep. Yeah, loved um, it. How good was um Cooper calling four goals for Adelaide last week? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I called, he called, he called uh, it four, we're, four nil, but... <laughs> Ah, <laughs> oh, no. uh, I rate it. You were half, you were halfway um, there, bro. Let's look ahead. Uh, Adelaide United play Central Coast Friday night. Uh, at the same time, Melbourne City play Western Sydney Wanderers. So the top four are playing each other. Uh, the equation is pretty simple for us, I guess. We could finish second, or we could finish third, or we could finish fourth. Um, uh, win and we finish second though, and we we get a week off in the finals and get that semi-final spot. Is that not a little bit detrimental, the week off? No. You want the other game because you're being selfish and you want to go to the football. A little bit, yeah. But, I mean, this is the point Carl made before the Perth game is that, like, maybe we're not shooting for the week off. Maybe he thinks it would be better if we played again. No, come on. The, the more Everyone wants the week said. off. That's what he the, said. The more important part of finishing second in this competition, the way our final system is set up, is not the week off, but it's having the home leg of the two-leg semi-final being the second game. Whatever result we manage in, if we do get the week off, we do finish second, we do get the week off, whatever result we manage in the first leg, whether we, we are 1-0 down or whatever, we get to come back to High Marsh, and that's such an advantage for Adelaide. The way we play in that stadium in front of a full house, it is such an advantage to have that second leg at home. How does how does it work out? Is the first leg midweek and then the second leg's on the weekend? Um, so we had a Wednesday and a Sunday last yep. year. Um, so I don't yeah. know. There was there was one that was, I think, Tuesday and Saturday or Wednesday and Saturday. Um, okay. I'm not too sure. I'm just going to, for two seconds, I had one last thing, Sam, that I wanted to backpedal on. Um, this is ridiculous because we've ragged on Perth so many times this season, but I can't remember who it was on comms noted before the game that Perth Glory have only lost one game at home this year. And it was to Melbourne City. And that feels really mental. I don't know if they've got like Macedonia Park being a fortress off ever, but yeah. I just felt like they were losing every single week. I don't know why I felt like that, but to have only lost one game at home and they're, you know, mathematically, if they can get a nice win in Wellington lose, you know, we could Perth could be in this final series. They could be in you the final I'm... series and they could also be yeah. equal bottom. Do you, do, you, do you know what that feeling was, though, thinking that they lost every week? It's because they played seven consecutive games away from home. Yeah. Because it was all that weird, you know, COVID shit, the overlay, the stadium upgrade and stuff like that. And so they, they scheduled the fixtures that they played away so often to begin with, and now they've come home with a wet sail. It's been a mm-hmm. long time. Is this still the same? This is still the Daniel Sturridge season, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> is it? Surely not. Or no, last, I no, I think it's last season. It's definitely still the Charlie Austin season. But is it no, not wait, still it the Daniel the... Sturridge season? No, it was the Daniel Sturridge season. I feel like it no, is still right. the Daniel Sturridge season because they had all the you're away games, right. and he just wasn't playing in any of them. <laughs> no. Is it? Was it? Can we? Can someone it quickly Google be. and confirm that? Cooper, I'm looking at you to go. <laughs> you're our Google guy now. Remember back in the uh, for those back in the heady our days, first, our first eighty odd episodes. Where we used to say, uh, we'll add it on the list to Google one day. No, nah, it's not. It's, it's not? It's not. It's the season after. Oh, damn uh, it. Oh, it, it felt all, better. It all feels the same. 
It's it's the Charlie Austin and Nani season though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah exactly. Still all that. that money, all that money was spent on fucking Nani. Yeah, all yeah. that money the league spend on players for other clubs. How how do we feel about Friday coming then? Like you mentioned, Sam, the two games at the same time. Uh it was just pretty straightforward, isn't it? Just we just got to win at home. Yeah, yeah, but I, d- I don't think that we do, sir. I don't think we've played the Mariners since they humped us, though, which worries no, me. We haven't, and they are absolutely fucking humming the Mariners. They're yeah, flying in great form right now. We um, it was very recently we had the the idea of we had that little bit of excitement. Or maybe we could. What if if Melbourne City drop points in a game, we could win this league. All of a sudden, we're ten points behind them. They've won the league, but they're, they're ten points ahead. With a game to go, um, well, we haven't won in three. So, what do you expect? I'm gonna go a big bounce back. I'm gonna go my old favorite three-one scoreline. Adelaide win three-one, three-two. I'm gonna go three-two. Adelaide win three-two at home, and it's a nail biter to the end. Mm-hmm. But we come out with a we come out with a second spot, which I think would be a, a humongous achievement. Oh, it'd be brilliant. I would love that. I reckon we draw and then we're relying on City drawing with uh, Western Sydney or beating them. And we'll have everyone's phones will be out. We'll be watching streams from the other game. I think City make will it, be them. It'll make it very tight. Or potentially, you reckon? I mean, West Sydney got more to play for. I think City beat them. And then it's a I, matter of us just not losing. City, this could sound... Uh, this sounds stupid, and it probably is stupid, but and they wouldn't have thought about it whatsoever. Tell us anyway. <laughs> I love this. Surely, <laughs> surely, City don't want us to drop to fourth. Uh, you're right. That is stupid. Like, I just, <laughs> I just feel like we're the one team that they don't purely have the wood over completely. Maybe I think they're also probably looking at us on the weekend, conceding four goals, and and going, yeah, we'll, we'll fancy a bit of that. Yeah, we yeah, can beat this team. Well, Jamie McLaren's licking his lips. So, yep. On the weekend that he became yeah. the all-time A-Liga scorer. I think he, but he can see some goals. Teams aren't – people love – I know Tommy loves getting all conspiracy theory, and uh, especially when we talk leads. But there's no one's going into this weekend looking at maybe dropping points or going in weaker just because of blah, blah, blah. I think everyone's just going to go out to try and win. You don't want to upset momentum – in this You're game, right. momentum can can take you through like a month or two in patches, as we've seen with Adelaide this year. Um, when it, when it's down, we've been horrible for you know a decent chunk, and then when it's been good, we're we're on fire for a long period of time. So, um, it's not the most the quickest up and down roller coaster. It's more longer periods. I'm going to lock in three two Adelaide. Uh, what have you guys got? I've got two two. I think it's two two. Okay. I'm going to go 2 1 Adelaide, Nestory, Erin Kunda, 92nd minute. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. The non existent non-existent roof comes off High Marsh Stadium. I'm not Jeez. sure that I would sleep for two days after that. That'd be huge. All right. Um, do you have anything else you want to add before we wrap this up? I just I wanted to discuss one transfer rumor that came out during we the go. week. It's, it's yeah, Sammy, you're going to love this, man. Uh, your best, your best year for uh, future Socceroo success, Jamie Young. <laughs> yeah, he's been linked with a massive career move to Melbourne City. 
Wow. He does seem like he does seem like the kind of cunt that would play for them. So That is really he, boring. isn't yeah. it? City going out because City going out and signing possibly the best experienced keeper in the league to Yeah, shore that's up boring. another championship. Yeah. Yeah, that's that is it's very CFG. to re to replace Thomas Glover, who I've heard is going to be Tottenham's captain next season. So Yeah. I've said it on uh I said it on our um Uh, Europod this week, episode 110. I also said it on 109. I'm so fucking sick of the City football group. I door my head in. Someone knock them off. If it's West Sydney, so be it. If it's Central Coast, so be it. Hopefully it's us. If it's, I don't, the only one I don't want it to be is Sydney FC. Sydney, yeah, same. <laughs> This, the only one I don't want it to be is Sydney They FC. So they just scraped into Sydney, it could be Sydney. Sydney for me, are, um, you know, when, when we talk Premier League, we're like, We we want City to just lose the league no matter what, except for Man United. Whereas here it's Sydney. So there's that. All right. Very same. Seems like a good place to stop. Um, thanks for listening. If you got this far, go check out our Euro episode 110 is up. Uh I don't have a name for that pod yet. It'll be up. It'll be in your feed. You'll check it out. All right. We'll figure something out. Yeah. Let's uh go the Reds. Get around High Marsh this Friday. It's gonna be huge. It's gonna be huge, I reckon. Get amongst it. Get them over the line. Get second spot. Big achievement. All right. Bye.